Hello and welcome. This is Ukraine World podcast. Ukraine World is an initiative aimed at explaining Ukraine to international audiences. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko, editor-in-chief of ukraineworld.org. And today we're talking about arms trade, about arms trade in Russia and in Ukraine and broadly in Eastern Europe. And I'm very glad to introduce you Mr. Denis Gurak, who is a senior fellow at Potomac Foundation. Uh, good, good morning, Denis. Hi, glad to be here. Uh, Potomac Foundation, together with Center for Defense Reforms, recently published a study which is called Geopolitical Goals of the Arms Trade of the Russian Federation, a very a long and interesting 100-page research, and we're going, we're going to talk about it now. Denis, how can you explain us the major, probably, arguments of this research? Well, the, the main uh, aims of this research are explaining to the world, first is explaining to the world um, the significance of um, arms trade as one of geopolitical methods of the Russian influence. Uh, it comes from the uh, name of the research itself. Um, the point is that everybody understands that Russia uses uh, gas and oil trade as a method of influence in, uh, in uh, different countries, for instance, supplies to Europe, Nord Stream 2, whatever. Uh, this is a decades-long story, um, starting from Cold War. Uh, arms trade is also a decades-long story, also as information uh, operations and disinformation manipulations that uh, Russia uses, uh, but arms trade has been uh, largely out of scope of uh, global attention. Uh, but to our point, we think that uh, it's at least as significant as gas trade, and uh, its consequences are far deeper and far uh, mm, so, um, uh, far more important uh, to actually countries, uh, to various countries, and in the West as, as well, to NATO if, countries as well. If you compare Cold War period with, with today's period, do you think that Russia is... Uh, what, what is its stance on the global arms trade uh, uh, structure, arms trade sphere? Do you think it is stronger or weaker? It's, it's hard to say like this simply. Um, in some points it's stronger, in some points it's weaker. Uh, definitely in terms of uh, quantities it's less, but in terms of uh, the influence of uh, Russian arms trade and sales to various countries, is it not less, definitely. And in, in, some, country, and in some countries it's much bigger. For it, instance, if you take um, influence of Russia on supplies to NATO countries, hasn't been there during Cold War. Well, now it started and it is there and it influences the agenda of politicians in those countries. Let's talk about it later, but uh, yeah. the Cold War, just as, like as, as I imagine, as I imagine it's a uh, well, period when, when Soviet Union had so many satellite countries and they were somehow obliged to buy Russian weapons or Soviet weapons. Uh, today it is different. Many countries of the uh, this old Soviet bloc are oriented on other suppliers. Uh, but when you're talking about these NATO countries, very interesting because in Ukraine we remember the scandal about mistrials, for example, supplies to France. Can you give us some more examples? Uh, yeah, well, when Soviet Union collapsed, uh, there was some period of uncertainty uh, whether 
uh, West can cooperate with Russia and uh, in general post-Soviet bloc, including Ukraine, in arms trade. Mm, but uh, afterwards, uh, this uncertainty ended and uh, actually quite deep cooperation started both ways. It's not only that West supplies uh, Finnish systems. Actually, Mistral's was one of not many examples when uh, Russia ordered finished uh, complete systems like ships. Yeah, mostly uh, mm, the direction from the West is supplies of components, uh, for instance, to T-90 tanks. Uh, the um, sites, uh, thermal vision sites uh, for that uh, tank are also supplied by French companies. And you also That's t- like an example. And you're talking ways, about Germany, you're talking about Netherlands, Italy, some other supplies to, to Russia. Right? United States, yeah. Basically all major arms producers in the West uh, have... Uh, uh, some degree of, of, of contracts of uh, businesses uh, with uh, Russia. Um, and sec- so vice versa, uh, Russia does the same basically, but for uh, post-Soviet countries uh, of former Warsaw bloc, like Poland, Czech Republic, etc., because they still use uh, Soviet equipment, it needs to be modernized and um, actually they depend a bit on uh, Russia. Uh, Some countries more, some less, but that's an example. And uh, even a bigger example is, for instance, supplies, uh, joint supplies and joint development that started uh, with uh, Russian companies uh, from the companies of uh, NATO bloc. Uh, For instance, space rockets, uh, US space rockets, which are produced by the company United Launch Alliance. It's a company of Boeing and Lockheed Martin. It uses Russian engines for uh, launches of uh, space vehicles, which in in their turn uh, launch military satellites. That's like an example. When you talk about the the strength of Russia today in the arms trade, do you mean precisely this kind of strength, meaning that it is making the world interdependent and therefore actors of uh, global powers, Western powers, are reluctant to impose sanctions, for example, on, on Russian enterprises? Exactly. That's uh, that's actually what it's aimed at. And that was uh, their long-term plan to... Uh, make interdependency in supplies and in this sphere uh, recreation or uh, substitution of component suppliers is quite hard due to various uh, due to technical and bureaucratic restrictions uh, so the cycles in in creation in, of creation of uh, military equipment are much longer than of civil equipment obviously due to stricter requirements uh, therefore, changing of supplies uh, of um, rocket engines uh, yeah, is quite hard, and it would take a few years. So, this problem, just as an example, let's take this problem at a glance. Uh, U.S. realized, it, of course, that uh, it's a big, quite big dependency, and the discussion about this dependency started, if I'm not mistaken, even before. Uh, Crimea and uh, Donbass war like back in 2013 or 12. Now it's like six, seven years past uh, when this discussion is happening. Uh, the program of substitution was launched like two years ago in US. Now, so the engines will be substituted not less than in five years. So you imagine the longevity of the cycle and the continuance of, of influence regardless of anything. <laughs> 
anything else, uh, they're still dependent. And uh, these examples are uh, very, very common for any other country. Uh, obviously, uh, less rich countries than U.S. are much more dependent. And uh, uh, we, we can say that uh, in one way or another, uh, a lot of... Well, majority of world countries depend now on Russia and arms trade. Let's talk about the current situation after uh, illegal annexation of Crimea and support to separatists in Donbass. There was a cycle of sanctions from the EU and US majorly. How do you estimate the defense component of it? I mean, uh, were sanctions applied also on uh, on issues related to defense, on defense companies, etc.? And you also mentioned this act in 2017 by the United States, Trump administration, by the way, uh, which makes this sanction regime, regime stricter. How do you estimate it? Well, actually, um, until 2017, the sanctions regime in defense was quite weak, surprisingly. Um, there was restriction from EU um, on new contracts and uh, from US on new contracts starting from uh, August 1st, 2014. Um, but uh, there were quite a lot of exceptions. So uh, the trade uh, in in bigger part continued with the contracts, mostly if we talk about contracts that existed before August 2014. Uh, CATSA, that's the name of the act uh, enacted in 2017 by actually Congress of the United States uh, with overwhelming majority. It was not supported only by one or two uh, members, which is uh, like the biggest case, I think, in the U.S. of in the history of U.S. legislative um, processes. Uh, so um, now it's much stronger, obviously, but it still doesn't influence uh, the process significantly to that extent that they preclude Russia from... Uh, building uh, equipment uh, that that it still supplies so yeah to, to my personal point of view it needs to be strengthened if we talk about uh, concrete and systemic influence on, on what this. is the weakness of this act is that the, it is it's, it also envisage, envisages possibility